everyone, and welcome to the Comics Deserve Better podcast, where we cover the world of independent comics. I'm one of your hosts, Brian. With uh, me, as always, are the other two parts of the CDB crew, Carrie and Darcy. Hello. Hi. How are you both doing today? Fine-ish. You know, I got marshmallows. Yeah, marshmallows are good. It's really hard to be sad if you're eating marshmallows. Yeah, it's one accurate. of those foods. That's definitely one of those foods. They're tasty. Never see a sad marshmallow. Well, except for the Stay Puff marshmallow. Then maybe. I don't know. Oh, he seemed kind of angry more than sad. He was so happy, I thought. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we do have a very nice and fluffy and sugary episode today, like a marshmallow. I tried there. <laughs> I don't know if I succeeded. Um, but, There's a um, handy section. Yep. Yeah. All right, so we'll uh, and we'll get into our main subject in a little bit, but as always, we'll start with uh, just a tiny bit of news that we have. Um, not much today, actually. Um, so, first of all, um, Webtoon, which we have spoken about many, many times on this podcast, especially Darcy, uh, they are collaborating with uh, DC Comics, which is kind of a huge thing because Webtoon's kind of a place where a lot of uh, smaller voices uh, end up getting heard. So the fact that they're with a big two, you know, partnering with a big two uh, company means uh, a lot for the platform. Yeah, I think this is, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm still not sure how I feel about this. This is, yeah, I'm still not sure how I feel about this. <laughs> well, I, I could, as long as they don't take over, I think. Yeah, it was kind of, I don't think they're going to, I, the collaboration thing, I, d I definitely don't want DC to buy them. It didn't yeah. seem like that's what was happening. I just don't want, yeah, I, I just, I, I, I wasn't sure. Everything I read was, the information was incredibly new. Mm -hmm. I wasn't sure, you know, the, the, this had to have been in talks for a while. So it definitely wasn't like a response to all the Substack things, something else they were doing to branch out. Um, it, it kind of felt like, um, you know, Marvel and DC have both been doing uh, like manga sort of things recently. They've reached out to manga artists. They've done some more uh, manga collaborations. So this is kind of like doing something in that vein, but another direction. They're definitely re reaching out to other audiences. So this is a way to reach out to other audiences. Mm -hmm. And this is an independent side of things. And so it's smart to do. Um, but, uh, I, I just don't know what it's going to do. The webtoon platform, um, manga is not going to be touched by anything that DC does in that direction. I don't know how, um, how, how well their manga collaborations did, uh, nor do I know how well, uh, any of like the peach Momoko stuff's doing at Marvel. Um, but, um, uh, I don't know. The DC collaboration with Webtoon might do well, but it also might not. Webtoon loyalists are pretty Webtoon loyalists, you know. That's true. Uh, but at the same time, um, it, you know, it, it it might someone might ever think about going to Webtoons to to for comics, and then they're going there to to read a DC, you know, collaboration, and then they see oh, they're like in the ads or oh you may like and like oh i might check this out because i'm not like this i don't know the the batman and maps manga didn't seem to do that good numbers yeah you know like with with 
either i don't know maybe i I just saw like some preliminary review number stuff and it didn't seem to have a lot of crossover there was a batman and maps manga yeah i didn't know about this yeah oh i'm about to i was gonna i want to make a uh um, I'm making a, a Gotham Academy reference in uh, in our main subject today too, and that has specifically to do with maps. So, no, that's really cool. Uh, <laughs> I have to check that out. Thank you for letting. Me. I, I I'm glad I just learned something right now because I I love maps and, and maps is great. She was Robin. Yeah. Yes, she's she's like the one of the best Robins too. Yeah, definitely. But um, she was not just a we are Robin Robin, but she's Robin Robin. Yes, absolutely, yeah. and. Um, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, I was just saying the dynamic between her and Damien was great as well. So yeah, yeah. I, I I I only read a little bit of it. See, that was kind of my thing. I didn't. The art was good. It it was like you know, like in the early two thousands, uh, Marvel did that whole kind of like you know when C.B. Sabowski was pretending that he was Japanese or whatever he was doing. <laughs> um, uh, being incredibly racist uh marvel was really doing that whole we are like trying to reach out to manga fans by being more like japanese artish kind of thing yes um whereas this is definitely not just trying to take from that style influence but it is definitely um i can't remember who did the art but it's 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 real manga so the art is right Mm-hmm. Um, so it feels right it looks right it reads correct um, nice so, so it doesn't have that uncomfortable feeling I get when I read people my age that are kind of doing art that kind of grew up with manga and I'm like oh I get that uncanny valley feeling yeah <laughs> like okay. fake manga you know mm-hmm. it like it feels correct um, so so it's good in that way but it's like oh Batman manga i don't know it, it kind of has that uncanny valley feeling in that way yeah um, he's where, such a western character yeah um and and like i have those thai fan comics those batman and superman thai mm-hmm. fan comics i have from thailand which also <laughs> have uncanny valley kind of feelings but in a good way because they're like from thailand that i'm like these are kind of funny and quirky and wonderful <laughs> um, awesome. but they're also not like dc label kind of things and so it's I don't know it just it feels very you know they're obviously trying to milk this for money which is their job they're a business it's what they're trying to do exactly ATT will close them down if they don't make money so they better exactly um, exactly exactly so I, I don't know just trying to milk the it's you know trying to milk the indie side of comics for money and I kind of hate that because I like webtoon being webtoon um, yeah. so I I'm in, I'm like initially suspicious of this whole thing but i understand what they're trying to do and i hope it you know it gets it gets some money into webtoon i you know not just viewers but you know yeah. the deal is that they get some they get some money out of this and they can expand you know yeah that i mean that's um, true if it, if it goes that direction most definitely if webtoon yeah. benefits from it i would like webtoon yeah. to benefit from it 100 percent. i don't i don't give two shits if uh dc benefits from this no <laughs> offense season, but you know not just because we're doing an independent co- podcast i can i can just give two shits about, about yeah them doing well because they do well they yeah. are they can release a movie and make billion dollars a billion dollars even yeah. if it's a bad movie even you know? if it's a bad movie even if it's a four-hour movie <laughs> oh jesus God. yeah um but yeah so um but so using the marvel uh 
analog that you were saying earlier, it's more like the Wolverine manga that they did in the early 2000s and less oh less the, the manga verse, like which is Western artists doing manga. Uh, the, the manga verse is awful. Yeah, but the Wolverine, I, I personally like the Wolverine. The Wolverine that, was better. Yes, yeah. that was, yeah. And that was yeah. and, and that was done by a Japanese writer and artist. Correct. Um, forgot their name, but but yeah, yeah. it was pretty good. Yeah, no, the manga, but the manga verse, yeah. yeah, yeah, no, God. I, you know, the only Spider-Man <laughs> mech that I need in life is uh, the one from the '60s Japanese TV show. Right. Not, <laughs> not 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 a new one from the early 2000s. Okay, well, um, so moving on then i guess uh to our next piece just and this is really fast uh brian michael bendis who is like the hard traveling hero of comics apparently is, is moving to uh dark horse uh he's gone from uh, uh independent and oni stuff to dark horse i'm sorry he went to image and then marvel obviously in dc and now he's at dark horse and that also means that he's bringing his imprint along with it with himself um and so that means that uh if you want another copy of of uh powers <laughs> this will be the fourth Yet publisher another copy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this will be the fourth publisher i think that's a record i like i wonder what the record is of the same book being published by different publishers you know, in can't comics. imagine yeah, yeah. I, I can't imagine it's any more than that yeah. maybe something like um uh, 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 like the original Blue Beetle, right? Or something yes. like that. Uh, uh, the original uh, uh, Captain Marvel. Uh, they got moved around a couple of times, and, right? They got sold to a couple of places. So you'd yeah. have, if, if you had the original of that, which congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. And, and, you, and, and, and you had like, like what Blue Beetle was, faucet and then something and then something in the dc did wasn't it uh, it was not, uh, no it would have just been three it was faucet it, and then somebody and then the, dc the yeah the people who did um the the question oh my god and uh the, all the the uh the washington characters uh what is yeah. the, name of the company i cannot something remember something with an m isn't it someone's yelling at their their radio right now <laughs> um know, their phones their phones <laughs> Oh my god, what is said, that? Like, I, I said remember. That uh, um, we're both gonna feel really stupid. Who owned Blue <laughs> Beetle? It's gonna say DC. Fox. Charleston. Charleston. Carlton. Charleston, yes. Is Charleston? Carlton. 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 I said Charleston because I can't read. Yeah. Fox. I thought it was Fawcett. Fox Comics. Fawcett was uh was Shazam was Kekamora. Shazam okay yeah I'm getting them confused so Fox Charleston Charlton um and then DC I guess yes was it before they were DC <laughs> uh no no this was this was an acquisition right before um before uh what's his name Alan Moore wanted to use them so this was like late 70s early 80s okay. and so then that's only three yeah that's only three so For and that's also that's also through acquisitions. This is like him moving, moving yeah. which is even different. You know, him like, just deciding to go, go, go. Yeah. It's not just someone acquiring a property. It's like, yeah, it's actual yeah. creator moving his stuff. So that's pretty cool. I think yeah. 
good, good on him. You know, whether or not you're a Brian Michael Bendis fan, I know he's kind of polarizing um, with it, you know, even among his works, <laughs> people are polarized because some of his works are really good, some of them are really bad. But well, he's also yeah. pretty prolific. So he is very prolific. There's yeah. no, you know, like him or hate him, you he's, write that much, some of your shit's going to be bad. <laughs> and, and he got a five thousand dollar check and a ticket to a movie, probably. <laughs> probably. <laughs> From Marvel Comics. <laughs> more than one, you'd think. Yeah, more than one. <laughs> Definitely. All right. Okay. So I think that's all of our um, new stuff. So we'll move on to the spotlights. Uh, Darcy, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I'll go first. Okay. Um, mine's kind of depressing. So I'll, hopefully and yours is less so. Mine's very fun. Okay. <laughs> so. There we go. Uh, so mine is Piece by Piece, the story of Nisarin's Hiyab. Um, so I thought this would be moderately relevant and, again, a depressing way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's about a young girl uh, in uh, Milwaukee, Oregon in 2002. Uh, she is Bangladeshi American uh, in the eighth grade, uh, pr- giving a presentation at World Culture Day. Uh, and wearing traditional dress. And on the way home, um, she uh, is the victim of a hate crime. Mm. Uh, now, this is not out yet. It uh, actually comes out in November. Um, but I assume in November, it's still going to be relevant. Uh, yep. I doubt um, any of this is going to, uh, any of the issues in Afghanistan and with refugees are going to uh, stop um, coming to America or anywhere around the world um, in the next couple of months. Uh, So if you were alive, um, or not just alive, but uh, aware of what was going on in the world in 2002, uh, there were a lot of hate crimes towards Mm -hmm. people who were visually um, practicing or visually represented in any way Islam. Um, so this was a big issue uh, in 2001, 2002, 2003, 2004. Mm-hmm. Uh, it maybe became a little bit less in recent years because we kind of started ignoring the wars because we were exhausted and because the mainstream media stopped um, reporting on it mm-hmm. for various reasons, exhaustion, uh, Trump put a moratorium on it, a couple of things. Um but with it being back in the news and with an influx of refugees, probably this is going to come back into our kind of day-to-day lives, mm-hmm. the rise in hatred in general, in our conversation, you know, proud boys being proud boys kind of thing. Mm-hmm. This is probably going to be an issue again. Uh, so it's it's something that needs to be a discussion. It's something we need to think about. And this is going to be a middle grade. It's not going to be. It is a middle grade graphic novel. So it kind of looks like a good way to have this conversation with kids. Mm-hmm. Um, she is Bangladeshi American, not like from, you know, She's yeah. not Afghani, um, Afghanistan. Uh, she's not. She's not from Afghanistan. She is Bangladeshi American. Um, so it's it's not you know like a one to one issue, mm-hmm. uh, but it it has that conversation starter element to it. Um, so I just thought it was something that could be relevant. Um, it, it was definitely something that w- could 
be a bridging discussion from the period when this started uh, to where we are now um, and would be good for why it's not just one country or one issue mm-hmm. um, or one people. Uh, it's, it's a traumatizing issue. It talks about trauma. It talks about family. It talks about religion. Um, and I, the art looks really pretty. So that's always nice. Um, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, since it's a middle grade book, it could be good for children. Um, but as we always say, definitely good to read for people older than that as well, mm-hmm. uh, because it's never not good to read something about, uh, different cultures and different people that you're not very well aware of. Um, and just kind of like a personal experience thing. Uh, when I taught in, in Thailand every year, <laughs> we would, um, I, I helped interview to send uh, students uh, to America for cultural exchange, like for a year-long cultural and education exchange mm-hmm. uh, for a uh, kind of sister school, high school, to Utah of all places was the wow. area they came over. And, um, you know, I did... Uh, three kids every year was about the number of students I interviewed one year I had one win and she came over and I was you know kind of terrified for her because you have all places Mm -hmm. um and you know like that was post 2011 she would have come over in I think 2013 to 2014 um so that was a little bit less scary um Mm -hmm. and you know she's Thai uh Thai Muslim uh so but still you know like it's something that's of concern to me Mm -hmm. because these kids it's concerning and it's annoying and it's bothersome yeah and it is the the idea that this could be a I mean it's never stopped really being a problem but if you were around when the hate crimes got really, really bad, like really bad around this time, uh, the idea that it could get really, really bad again is terrifying. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. Yeah. No, and absolutely. again, not that it ever stopped. If, if you follow Ilhan Omar, uh, she gets shit on constantly. Mm-hmm. They say terrible shit about her. Um, and, and it's not going to be easier for any uh, refugee that comes over here. Um, And there will be a lot of refugees that come here uh, because other countries aren't going to take any more than we take kind Mm -hmm. of thing. Uh, And they need somewhere to go. And we did this to them. Uh, So absolutely here is where they need to come. Mm -hmm. Uh, So read this Uh, again. This is not about, Afghanistan or (laughs) Afghan refugees Mm -hmm. Uh, but I I think it I think it will offer some understanding to that period of time that level of hatred that kind of hatred uh, and and some concept of kind of where we need to go maybe I don't know I haven't read it doesn't come out till November (laughs) but it it just really spoke to me yeah no that's awesome I'm glad you brought it up yeah Um, and and I mean and also it to relate it to something that's uh, that that is a little more prevalent from the last couple of months, like the AAPI um, hate crimes as well. You know, mm-hmm. like 
Yeah. Yes. Um, unfortunately, it seems like the hate movement chooses a subject for a while, yeah. really focuses on them, and then moves on to a different subject. Well, it's silly because, yeah. like, I talk about my family a lot. My brother and his family live in Brooklyn, and my brother's been in New York for like 25 years or so. So looking at us, we don't look traditionally Latino. We have a very, um, especially my middle brother, he has, we have a very um, heavy undercurrent of like ethnic ambiguity. People assume that most of the time we're part Middle Eastern. Um, my brother gets mistaken for that a lot, which is fine, whatever, it doesn't bother him. Except when he tries to fly internationally. Once 2001 hit, he gets pulled every single flight and they're musicians, they travel all over the world. He gets pulled every single flight. He had to do that stupid ass Homeland Security special pass bullshit. So he has clearance from like the state, the Department of Security or whatever, and he still has that. So, I mean, that's how fucking idiotic this stuff is. Is that like, for people that aren't even yeah. from, you know, like Middle Eastern, sorry, that's our dog, Middle Eastern countries, people that just like people are so like attuned to like racial profiling that they don't even have to be from those countries and people still get, you know, harassed for it. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's ridiculous. It's just, if you're listening to this and you're going to read that book, which I, we all should, just, and you have children, just teach them not to be assholes. Yeah. Just look at yourself in the mirror and just be like, hey, choose kindness today. It's not that hard. I'm a, a firm believer in that. So <laughs> I'm glad this book got brought to our attention. Thank you, Darcy. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Yeah. And your brother, I mean, I mean, what he experiences is not even yeah. probably close I mean, to what and I'm just person bring, from the Middle East experiences. Yeah, either. I'm just bringing that up to make a, a point of like, it's stupid this weird it's just it's brown dumb. blanket like racism, this, yeah like this brown blanket of people like depending <laughs> yeah. on the depth of brownness of your skin yeah you know it's how you get racially the, profiled by authority but i mean for the people that actually wear like religious garments mm -hmm. or things like that where they're more quote-unquote identifiable and the way that they're treated a lot of this i mean like it's nuts yeah it's absolutely nuts and my heart goes out to them definitely so just be kind. <laughs> uh, donate your airline miles because mm -hmm. you're not traveling and the people coming over from Afghanistan can use them because now commercial airliners are uh, flying, doing trips. Just to throw that out there. Definitely. That's a good idea. I, don't, I haven't talked a lot this podcast, so I'm, apparently I'm taking up space. Sorry. Oh, you are doing great. That's fine. No, no worries. You're here to talk. Um, so... Well, I think I'll, I'll move on to, to my choice. Mm -hmm. That's okay. So a uh, little, actually, you probably, if you've been listening to m multiple episodes, you probably know that I like campy stuff. <laughs> I like fun, just, you know, like kind of corny, cheesy stuff. I have, I currently have a Mystery Science Theater 3000 sticker on my car. You know, I just love schlock. I love fun, you know? And uh, so my pick uh, has to do with one of the reasons why I liked it is because of my love of camp. It's uh, Killer Queens number one by David Boer, Claudia Balboni, Henry Saxon, and Lucas Gattoni. 
uh, published by Dark Horse. It's a it's a 1950s style sci-fi comic. The first issue just came out. That's all that's come out so far. It came out last Wednesday, and uh, but but it's a 1950s style sci-fi, but it has kind of a, an LGBTQ twist to it. Uh, Alex and Max are uh, former assassins who uh, want to be freelance and and possibly not kill anyone anymore, <laughs> and um, but leaving their assassins guild they stole their boss's spaceship um and their boss happens to be a small monkey with a very nice haircut and a jetpack and Yay. so <laughs> the bietti the the monkey is is now um has has uh made it his his purpose to get his spaceship back meanwhile max and alex are gallivanting around the, around the uh universe trying to uh get jobs so that they can pay for stuff and get you know and eat essentially so uh you know um, they end up on a planet at the end of the first issue but uh more or less it's just it's a lot of fun it's spacey it's gay it's extremely campy just love it you know <laughs> it's it's definitely something to check out exciting yeah and our artwork is pretty cool too it definitely has that retro tone yeah definitely so uh, that's what i like about it too and retro that's colors fun. yeah okay. no, that's fun well I think Carrie opted out today of uh, doing a, uh, a spotlight. Yeah, so a spotlight. Or, yeah. I don't have anything in the works. I need to read Silver Coin number five. Yes. And finish that. Um, I'm sure there's things. I'm in the process of shopping for an e-reader that will satisfy my needs as a a digital reader. It'll make it easier to read. So it's, yeah, it'd make it easier for us to read because we can't buy every goddamn book that we want, even though I'm trying. Yeah. I mean, lots of, lots of visits to Barnes and Noble and to various bookstores to buy things, which is going against my want and my need of getting an e-reader. But I so used to use Kindle Fire a lot. Yeah. Um, so that's the one that I'm probably going to. There's a, a Kindle Fire HD 10 that's supposed to be the best budget one for streaming and, and reading. So mm -hmm. that's essentially all I want it for. Which is perfect. Yeah, my last, my last one was an eight, I think. Well, that was a long time ago. And yeah. you, you can, I mean, you I can, still have it. I just rarely use it. You can access Comixology on, on Amazon because it's Amazon, right? Yeah. yeah. And okay. I can't... Um, I, my prescription is, my eyes have gotten really bad. So I need two prescriptions, one for reading because I'm an old woman and then one for seeing and driving. So um, I can't read on my phone. Like I do because I don't have an option, but then it's awful. So yeah. well, whatever, throw out those suggestions. Whatever expands your, uh, your, your want and love of comics, all four. Yeah. So, all right, well. We're gonna go ahead and move on then to our main topic, so which uh, was um, Darcy's pick. I know if you guys pay attention to the way we do our picks, it should be my pick, but there was a scheduling issue. <laughs> so next week will be my pick. Darcy stepped up, had a, had a choice, and turned out to be, in my opinion, an excellent choice, um, which was Girl Haven by Lila Sturgis, uh, Megan Carter, Joe Matt Gill, and Sonia Sinek from Oni Press. So, Darcy, uh, do you want to give us a quick rundown slash uh, 
why you picked this book for this week. Sure. Well, I picked it because you had a conflict. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that was a big, big part of it. Stay tuned uh, next and... week, you'll uh, and um, this has been on a list I had for a while, and I was like, holy crap, time crunch, uh, <laughs> and pulled this out. So Very that was good why. Choice. Um, that oh, inspired, oh, I was just to say that inspired me because, like, when I was thinking, oh, maybe I should pick something really quick, I went blank. I couldn't <laughs> think of like the 50 books I want to do for the podcast. <laughs> so I'm actually now have a list on my phone of books so if this ever happens again i'll be like i know what book i'm doing right so, so it won't be as, as chaotic as it, it could have been this time so okay go ahead i'm sorry for interrupting. no problem um so synopsis wise um this is a book that uh there's a, a like kind of like with insects there's a a statement at the front um which explains that this is a book that's highly connected to gender uh, which you don't really have to get this read the statement to get that kind of right off the bat mm -hmm. um but uh it's kind of important because um conceptually uh gender sometimes changes i'm going to go through the synopsis and uh, will be with the main character ash i'll start off using he him pronouns uh, ash's gender um pronouns change um, and I will do that as it goes in instead of starting with uh, the pronouns uh, Ash ends with. I, I think that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go linear, linearly with Ash. Okay. Um, so the story is about Ash. Uh, and uh, he is living with his dad alone because his mom has disappeared. Um, and he's sad about that, as you would be if you actually liked your mom, which he did. Um, good for him. Uh, his dad, he's not so sure about. Uh, he goes to school and um, he seems to be kind of lonely and sad there, uh, but he meets up with this group of girls at lunch and they're kind of doing each other's nails. Uh, the girls are Eleanor, Chloe, and Junebug, um, and they are part of a pride club and uh, Eleanor invites Ash to go to the Pride Club uh, and Ash ends up showing up. Chloe's a little eh about Ash coming. Uh, she's like, ugh, boys kind of thing. Uh, and they kind of at the Pride Club kind of share their, you know, uh, share their pronouns, share kind of like what, um, uh, what they've, what kind of progress they've made with themselves uh, and they kind of just have like friendship and positive reinforcement etc cetera, etc cetera. Uh, chloe recently came out to her parents uh, and uh, her dad was supportive mom not so much um stuff like that um after pride club they go home and ash is like let me show you this really awesome thing i've got at home um and behind his house uh, he's got this shed uh, which his dad's kind of threatening to tear down, um, which is really pissed off Ash. His dad's like, let's make a, let me make a workshop for you and me. It'll be awesome. And he's like, hell no. <laughs> um, the workshop is actually this huge, um, like, space that's got dresses and 
framed images and all these pictures and short story books and all of this amazing stuff because apparently his mom has been creating her like her entire life because this house used to belong to his mom's uh his mom's mom's his grandma uh just her entire life she's been creating this magical imaginary world uh, uh, uh called uh coatress um I that's how I, I said it too yeah yeah that's just filled with all these fantastical creatures and these fantastical battles. It's kind of Narnia-esque. Um, and there's magic and there's spells. And um, I think it's Junebug that asks, hey, can we put all these clothes on? And Ash is like, sure, why not? Who cares? You know, have fun, let's have fun. And mm -hmm. Chloe says, can I say the spell? Um, and they offer, you know, Ash to put on clothes as Ash is like, no, this place my mom made is just for girls. It's supposed to be this magical, you know, girl haven. Cue mm -hmm. title card, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> he says the name of the book, you win the prize. Exactly. <laughs> um, and uh, Chloe, you know, they, they put on all these fancy clothes. Um, they... Uh, Chloe says the spell and boom, they're transported into Coatrice. Uh, and so is Ash. And Ash is mm -hmm. like, I'm not supposed to be here. And they meet up with these bunny people, uh, the rabbits oh, of the awesome. reeds. Yes. Um, who are uh 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 dart and swift i think are the first two which i love dart darts an asshole she's great um, <laughs> i don't like dart he was my favorite she's like i don't trust these people uh i don't trust these people these people are awful i was like ah you're great i love you um yeah i thought she was funny anyway so the rabbits uh in the reeds catch them and uh ashes you know like the other girls are kind of, uh, you know, holy shit, what are we doing? I thought this place is fake. I need to go home. <laughs> Junebug yeah. loves it. Junebug's oh, yeah. like, I always knew this was going to happen. I knew I belonged on a magical adventure. <laughs> I'm pa Chloe's, I already packed for this. Yeah, I, I was packed for this. I was ready for this. I'm here. I've got two different kinds of jerky. <laughs> yes, Let's yes. go. <laughs> Chloe's like, what the hell? Yeah. Eleanor's like, my mom's going to be terrified. Mm -hmm. Ash is going, I'm a boy. I'm not supposed to be here. Yeah. <laughs> um, they end up with um, Miss Bigsby, who's like an elder rabbit. Um, she kind of has that air about her. She doesn't look old. She's a rabbit. They all just kind of look like rabbits, but whatever. Mm -hmm. She has this air of an elder rabbit. Yes. Um, and Ash is, she, or he, at this point, immediately kind of stops worrying and it's just like holy shit i've read so much about you i've read this whole short story where you like saved the rabbits from you know like the hawks and all this stuff mm -hmm. so he's smitten because this is all the stuff he's been reading that his mom wrote and he's just like in love with all of this stuff and he's got this part of his mom back and so now he finds out that his mom is like trapped here and Queen Cassandra, who's the queen over all the land, is also trapped, and the scourge is coming. Um, and so they're all kind of in danger. And 
there's this question now of is Ash a boy? And as things go on, they start trying to run the children away to try to get them through the candy forest or the sugar forest, candy forest, whatever, who cares? It's just forest of sugar or something like that. Yes. Uh, past the little tiny children who are terrifying, all this stuff. Mm -hmm. They're trying to get them away to get them to try to meet the destiny that is saving Queen Cassandra. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, eventually they meet up with the scourge and um, at, to this point, Ash is like told Eleanor he's kind of had this he he and Eleanor have kind of bonded a little bit closer than the rest of them and he had this kind of secret in the corners talk uh, with Eleanor like I've kind of always thought maybe I was a girl maybe but I've never really said it or owned up to it but maybe and, and maybe that's what this means. And Eleanor brought Ash a dress. But to this point, Ash hasn't put it on. And then they go through the candy forest. They find the babies, the creepy babies made Aww. of candy that feed you parts were, of themselves. Oh, they were so cute. They were cannibals. It was terrifying. I, was no, that's great. what I was going to say. I just wanted to say, they were like, so you guys are cannibals. And then the one's like, no, we're not. And that was it. That was like the only <laughs> yeah, It's like, yes, you are. You eat each other. It's horrifying. I just love the fact that uh, was, that's, all, that's the only explanation of why they were not cannibals was, no, we're not. <laughs> uh yeah no it was horrifying uh, they were adorable but they're horrifying um and then the scourge shows up and it's boys teenage boys mm -hmm. and so suddenly ash is like okay so if boys can be here then maybe i'm not a girl maybe i'm a boy so now Ash is confused again and there's a confusion problem and so the boys think Ash is their king because suddenly there's a human boy not just a hive mind boy there's a boy boy here holy crap our king and so Ash plays king to try to protect his girlfriends um, and says take me to your castle let's go uh, no, these girls, they're not my friends. They're my servants. Chloe does not take well to that. <laughs> she is like, the hell are you talking about? Yeah, not too happy to play along. And so the girls and Dart and Swift all go to the castle, which has been, you know, like torn up and, and tagged and made nonsense by all these boys. Um, and Ash talks to all the boys about what's going on to try to, you know, like manipulate information out of them, which he does to this to, to a certain point. Um, and Ash finds out that um, from from the scourge boys that they're kind of afraid of this big monster that, you know, they're kind of happy how they are right now, but every once in a while this monster will come and take over their insides and make them into something worse mm -hmm. um and he's this big giant monster thing and then that's kind of what happens <laughs> the big giant monster thing comes 
and it's uh, a man that takes them over and it's like we have to be men mm-hmm. uh and at this point uh ash well there's kind of a lot of complicated things that happen but basically what happens is ash kind of comes to this determination about herself that she is a girl um and there's this you know power of friendship thing and they power of friendship each other uh and hold hands and ash becomes a giant ash and it's like a mech battle (laughs) (laughs) and giant ash battles giant man and kicks uh his ass at some point queen cassandra was met but i'm not sure when that was that might be afterwards i don't care Um, i I, I think it was before before before? she became big yes anyway who cares It was important. It was an important conversation. Ash's mom is actually really dead. Ash's mom did create this place. It was important, but whatever. <laughs> um, and so giant Ash battles giant masculinity and kicks masculinity's ass. Through hugs, through love. Through hugs. Yeah, well, nice. there's a little bit of swords yeah. for a second. I guess more when they were small, but yeah. it was it was all about the power of love, and so she like kind of tackles him a little bit and then hugs him and is like, "It's okay, misogyny, mm-hmm. to be you know like caring or whatever." And then it was like explosion, and then they go back to the real world, and you find out that Ash's dad knew all along about her mom Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like he knew this whole time that uh her mom was going back and forth to the secret special world (laughs) and he was like let's get rid of that garage and whatever your mom oh i was so pissed anyway so he's like i totally know what to do for your girls i can make up a story for why you've been gone for so long no problem i'm an old hand at this and so then you go back to the pride meeting at school and they introduce themselves by their pronouns again and june bugs now uh trialing uh they them (laughs) and they're still great friends and then they get this message from a talking bird that they need to go back uh to save um somebody i can't remember who's in danger i think just coaches yeah they just say oh, the they just area. need to go back to save the kingdom yes. uh, and june bugs super excited about it <laughs> definitely and also um i i you might have mentioned it but then ash is is using uh she her yeah as well in, at yeah. the end so yeah so very cool i definitely enjoyed it personally i think I really liked it a lot. I thought it was yeah. really good. Me too. It, it's obviously, I, I didn't say it at the beginning, it is also um, like a middle grade age book. So it's all laid out fairly simply. About to hiccup. I didn't do it. Okay. Uh, it's all laid out and very, you know, it's like genders laid out very easy to understand the, the like separation gender. There's a at the very end, like the back matter is a very easy to understand, very easy to comprehend a, a differentiation between gender and sex and sexuality. So like if you've ever had some uh, some issue like trying to break out what the difference between those things are, it is very, very 
easy to understand in that one page. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, giving this to somebody younger or somebody uh, who's having problems understanding that concept or those concepts, mm-hmm. um, it, it's a good book for that. Yeah, that's what uh, Brian and I had talked about. We thought it was really good just even for like older family members who like don't understand those concepts. It's, a, yeah. it's really thoughtfully written. It's really entertaining. Um, the artwork's great. Um, uh, I liked it. I liked how they talked about masculinity. I liked how they talked about femininity um, and these concepts of gender and all these things. Um, uh, I actually, when the dad said that he knew you could tell like I mean and this is just my opinion like in the book he says that he um because Ash is like what you knew like you um Ash is about to tell uh her dad that mom is uh that, that mom is dead and so dad is like oh I know and Ash is kind of dumbfounded and dad says well when she didn't come back after a few days I kind of just knew and so you know, I told Brian earlier, I wish that we would record kind of like my off the cuff remarks more about the book, like as we talk about what we're going to discuss later when we record, because I feel like I say them better earlier in the day, so bear with me. But like, um, I told Brian that uh, what I thought about that particular part of the book was that when dad is ready to get rid of mom's things and Ash has, you know, their freak out, dad's already processed mom's death Mm. so it's a little easier for dad to move on than it is for ash ash thinks mom could possibly come home you know so there's no finality to it and dad dad's known in the back of his head that yet she's probably dead because he obviously knew about coteris or however you say the, the land um so he's had time to process what he believes is her death. And so I, once I connected those two, I felt really, I felt really bad for dad because how does dad explain all of that without, without further ostracizing your child, you know, when they don't know what you know and so you don't don't have to say she died in a fantasy land but you can still explain to your child that she's dead saying she's just gone gives your gives them some hope that they're going to come back and just tossing out her stuff is really callous and saying that i'm just gonna let's just tear down that 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 workshop you know that's like all ash has of his mom at yeah, that point i i get it um i i, just, I, I was furious i, I was d- so angry i th- i think when you first read the first part and then you're just like where the fuck is this coming from with the dad yeah but then when you read the back when when you when you finish the book and you and you kind of learn more about what dad's already gone through with mom I'm, I'm a little bit more empathetic to dad. I'm I was like, okay. less empathetic. Oh, that's interesting. 
because yeah. he had all the answers and he didn't give anything to but Ash. The thing is, is he had, he thought he had all the answers. He Ash confirmed sure. them. Yeah, because because maybe she wasn't, maybe he was wrong. Yeah, he could have been wrong. But if he was wrong, why was he throwing that stuff out? Because at some point you have to stop grieving. But he didn't let Ash stop yeah. grieving because he didn't give any kind of answers to Ash. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. I just no I, I, when it comes to yeah, grieving, I just you know? I think I think grief is different for everyone. And I think people grieve differently. And I think that because I think for some people Pe people do I, I don't disagree that people do grieve differently but as a parent you have to acknowledge the way your child is grieving too mm -hmm. and I think the way he was grieving was selfish trying to get rid of everything because he was taking stuff away from his child that Ash was obviously holding to be precious yeah. and, yes. and also but in that same vein this is also the stuff that got his wife killed i would want not the stuff house. in the bedroom but it, well, it, well in a way it is because it, i mean because i okay the not the stuff in the stuff. bedroom the stuff her in the clothes workshop. like the stuff in, in the, the bedroom not in the bedroom but in no, the, no no i'm just saying like the in stuff the in, in the workshop definitely i i would associate that with her getting her killed because it was her stuff and it was her imagination but that wasn't the first stuff he was throwing away no, no. but i mean i mean yeah. you i don't know um, i just i i was a lot more empathetic to dad at the end of the book um than i was at the beginning just because of how you know i mean i, I don't know i personally i i thought it was really interesting that it was almost like there was two dads in this story um the same character same person because in the beginning he seems very very like thoughtless and and callous and and then at the end he's he's like oh i like your dress you know like he's like he's super cool and progressive it's like oh yeah like the it, it was almost like the, there was two different characters written for the same character well the way. only way i saw that was i kind of saw giant monster in Coteris as dad that's okay. interesting because okay I, I didn't see it as 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 ash's dad i saw it as as um her mom's dad and or, or you know that's like there was some kind of abuse maybe of of, of a male character of 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 someone who is male because the way that because because the male the male scourge represented fear but and, the male and, scourge didn't exist in uh, Coteris until recently. Until, um, yeah, that, that that is true, but it didn't. When I, did that start? Because that that, that started would... after she got married. But oh. things could come up in your brain, you know, like uh, later, true. you know, trauma, trauma. See, and the way that I saw the the main bad guy was that it bothered me more that the parents put her in a shed to have a space to work on her art things than anything else 
I don't necessarily they're kind of ostracizing. I, I felt like they could have been ostracizing her. See, because, that seemed like a gift to me because we had that as that was given to my cousins and I as a gift. Okay. We we had we were gifted a shed as kids to play in. Oh, see, I I have a a clubhouse on our property that I grew up in, and it I don't like being away. And again, this is all subjective, right? Like I personally don't like being away from people. Like I remove myself when I'm angry or I'm sad or I'm feeling like an extreme emotion because I turn into a super bitch. And so I remove myself because I don't want to burden people, but I like being around my family a lot. So, and again, subjective, and we're all analyzing this and like putting our own spin on it. So when I saw that she had like her own little place to go work on, I'm like, oh, it's because they didn't want her in the house doing that. This is a place for her to do it as a kid and just out of sight, out of mind. But for you, you appreciated that, you know, like you liked that. Yeah, and it, you was, had... it was her own private place where she could do anything she wanted, like a, like a clubhouse or a, yeah. you know, a tree house or, you know, your own place where you could create your own world. A room of one's own. And, and yeah. that's, that's what I think a bedroom is, you know, like to me, that's what a bedroom is. It's just like bedroom. Your thing. parents can come in whenever they want. Oh man, my parents never did that. My parents always knocked since I was a kid. Some parents do, some parents don't. Yeah. See, and and again, it it's it's all you know, it's all subjective. It is. I don't know. I just, I I didn't mind the dad. I didn't mind him, but I mean, I, I also didn't. And this is what I told Brian. So I have a really hard time with like visual nuances of things again and this is relating to the main bad guy because I take things very literally like I when I saw the main bad guy I'm like she's afraid of nutcrackers because he looked like a nutcracker to me and I'm like why is she afraid of a nutcracker and I mean that's how his little uniform was and that's what I assumed I'm not extremely bright when it comes to like a visual reference which is again, probably why I'm not like, it's been harder for me to get into comics, but I don't pick up nuances easily. So I didn't understand like when the scourge started happening or like the, you know, the scourge started happening in Coteris. That's why I thought it was the husband slash father mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. uh, it's a prince uniform. Nutcracker's a prince yeah yeah mm -hmm. exactly yeah no i i can see that but i mean um either way definitely that that represented and then also even before there was a scourge there was no men allowed there's no boys allowed so there was definitely right. some kind of issue with you know like not being able to be yourself if there was boys around essentially right in some way so yeah, some sort of breakthrough happened and i I like and like me I'm kind of the opposite when it comes to stuff like this where I I think maybe I dive way too into it <laughs> instead of looking at things on the surface because I personally saw so the 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 giant main scourge had um 
a telepathic like mind control like over the the rest of the boys and the boys didn't want to act bad and mean to the girls but had to because of the of the of the man of the of the giant and i basically took that as like almost like a social construct in a way where like you know like this is what you have to do to be a a man like like this these are your expectations and like this is what a, a man or this is what a woman are and and that and like and you can't diverge from that so that's why these kids were being mind controlled by the alpha male essentially because they weren't able to to be themselves they no, that's, i think that was definitely it i mean it was definitely he was definitely representing misogyny but i i think he was misogyny in the form of dad yeah okay so i i personally i don't see it as that i i personally saw that as maybe as abuse as a child but one but the, once again books are up to interpretation right and we're all getting the same message at the end we just have different nuances so. i'd like to know i'd like to know like for sure i mean not not that it matters but i mean i'm just now I'm confused timeline wise, but that's just me. So I'd like to know. Well, cause I'm trying to think because I mean, Cassandra only got, Cassandra only got, and Kristen only got locked up that last time she went in, which Ash would have been adults not adults teenager so either she had repressed memories that came out that had never interfered with Coteris before which is absolutely possible and the other thing is if if she had only started writing about misogyny at the end and if she wrote it into the story and got trapped that she was finally okay if she had a son and only a son and maybe wanted a daughter but and she had created this haven for little girls and could not bring a little girl into this haven with her and was trying to find a way to write little boys into it, but it went wrong yeah. because she had all of this experience throughout her life with misogyny. She didn't and write past college. No, but she went not, returned not, to the place. Like yeah, in her she head. she returned. Oh, yeah, she, she was oh. she was returning to the place. Oh, okay. And and considering this concept of, of, of you know like. The place is maybe trying to bring Ash in somehow. Okay. Because she doesn't have, at this point, as far as she knows, she doesn't have a daughter. Yeah. Uh, but. Know- Oh, but I was about to say, but they weren't there yet. But she had to go to the workshop to to go into Kateris. Maybe, maybe she didn't. No, I think she just had to say the the spell. 
yeah she probably had this problem so she did it from home so yeah so maybe she was trying to figure out a way to to bring ash with her somehow even though at that point she didn't know ash was a girl and so somehow she brought the concept of misogyny in with her through her experiences with masculinity that might Mm -hmm. be an answer no that sounds very good and like and also you kind of made me think of of another possible where she knew that deep down inside that there was going to be some kind of turmoil uh, in ash yeah you know and so therefore that turmoil you know was like what is a what is male what is female and and when trying to design a place where ash could also survive and be happy and and live there and so um, that turmoil became physical the the scourge yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so maybe i mean but you know what though darcy on your case uh and like on, on 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 your side about the dad slash husband when they're like, oh, like you never, like you never went with 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 mom, and then he's like, I was never invited. But it sounds like to me that maybe well, maybe he wasn't invited because he wasn't invited. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it was just because he, he was a he was male. It was because it sounds like to me that the way the way the the old magic, as what they call the rules that the mom created, mm-hmm. um, she you could know, have changed them. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and and she did in a way because there was boys allowed right yeah yeah so maybe she was trying to make a way for ash and something yeah that could be an answer yeah i really liked junebug's character yeah i loved junebug yeah so so junebug to me i asked no junebug was like the highlight in my opinion as well and um uh, Junebug to me was very much like Ripley from Lumberjanes and also Maps from Gotham Academy, as I said mm. earlier. It was very yeah. much that character, and I love that character. That 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 type of character is like the best part of like any book that they're in. I agree. Yeah. I, I liked them all. I really liked Chloe. I really liked Eleanor. They were all kind of fun in their own way. It's it's one of those like you know like group stories where you can kind of fit yourself into one of them, mm-hmm, or you can true. fit yourself little parts of yourselves into all of them kind of thing. But Dart was my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dart was yeah, and that's the thing too is that like that the, all the characters whether what, what however you identify yourself you know like they were all relatable very relatable characters you know and i think that's really key to the story too is that you know like just because you're you think of yourself as a boy doesn't mean you don't have you know things that relate to girl traits in quotation marks yeah you know the way society looks at yeah at gender and I also, I think one of the things I liked the best in the story or one of the comments I liked the best that I think I might steal uh-huh, uh, is that comment on gender. Um, I might have to go back and reference it so I say it correctly, but um, all like all of humanity, do you think that it would only like two books on all of these shelves kind of thing, the way they described it. Um, yes. I, I thought that was really well put. Um, I thought just the way that humanity was explained and described and, and all of that, I, th- I thought it was really well done. I liked it. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. Like the, if it was just two shelves, then they would break. Yeah. So, yeah. (laughs) And I, okay. So, um, I like the scary nuts, by the way. We haven't mentioned them yet. Scary nuts were awesome. That was kind of a cool little interlude where it was a bunch of little horror puppets. That was fun. And I liked how the mummy, everyone's introducing themselves and the mummy is like, and they don't even like, they don't even say what the mummy's name is. Like, they just move on to the Bride of Frankenstein and says what, what her name is. And that was it. Like, it was kind of like that, like a Kenny situation from South Park, even though I don't really like that show. Right, but, right. But it was kind of like that, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, and um, so, so yeah, there was a bunch of little fun characters, like the, the, the horses were really cool. Yeah, all the mares, um, the, the, the grass, grass people. Grass people, yeah. And yeah, very, very, it's a short book, but there was so much like diversity and like in the characters and stuff. It was just a lot of fun. And, yeah, it, and, it was very Narnia esque, kind of like the Secrets of Nim kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, there was a lot of creativity in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the thing is, too, is that there, even though there's so much diversity in, the, in these characters, they're all women, you know, like in a show, it's like, you know, like, you know, there's a whole bunch of different types of, of girls out there you know not not just one you know you, you just because you're ex doesn't mean you have to be this this and this you can be anything you want to be which mm-hmm. i think is pretty cool and okay. um so the use of bunnies as the as the greatest warriors i had a revelation when carrie and i were talking earlier and i wanted to say it. i think the so bunnies in general are thought you know like soft and docile and like you know fluffy and and harmless and in a way gender stereotypes are women sometimes you know especially a few you know decades ago or women thought that way you know and then and it turns out that these characters that are considered that you would normally consider being harmless are like the fiercest warriors of girl haven and i thought that was kind of a message as well where saying that like you know don't judge a book by its cover you know like you know just because once again just because society says we're supposed to be this way doesn't mean we have to be Mm -hmm. there's also um they're used quite a bit um in a couple of different like fighting fiction i mean like uh What am I thinking about? Was it Redwall? Like, oh, those are mice. No. No, Red. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking of Usagi no Jimbo. Yes. Um, <laughs> I love Usagi. So. <laughs> uh, there's a, a World War II comic that features rabbits uh, in place of people. And I can't think of it yes it'll probably come to me after but that's pretty good it's kind of they're not like you know fighting battle 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 it's kind of like you know like they're strong and and uh but it happens more than you'd think like this concept Mm -hmm. of like the perseverance of rabbits um it's not Watership Down. Is that what you're thinking uh, of? No, it's not Watership Down. Oh, okay. But yes, Watership Down too. Yeah. But no, this is um, it's on uh, Comicsology has it. Uh, it's really the art's amazing. I don't know why I'm able to think of this right now. Is it I totally recommend whenever. No, Secret of Nymphs also mice. Oh, um, sorry. 
I think the other difference. Secret, are... secret, secret of Nim is a um, was an actual uh, psychological uh, science experiment called oh. Nim that lasted for like decades. It's horrifying. Look oh, it up. There's like podcasts about it. It's like the worst thing that ever happened. That's um, really frightening. <laughs> it's terrifying. Uh, God, this it's such a good comic. I think it's on Comicsology Unlimited too. Oh my gosh, why can't I think of this? Anyway, it'll probably come to me later. But if it if, does, if, I'll put in the notes. <laughs> yes, there we go. Um, anyway, no, it's it's a really it, it's not an uncommon thing. I think because rabbits are, you know, like I, I don't know, they're like surprisingly tough animals, even though they are kind of fluffy. They're like surprisingly yeah. badass rabbits. Um, they can survive a lot of shit, even though they can also die just of being scared. I don't know. <laughs> rabbits are cool let's see no absolutely i agree completely and um i think rabbits are cool pets as well i um never had one but i one of my best friends growing up had a bunch of rabbits so they're good quiet fun animal to have around the house <laughs> that will poop and eat everything but <laughs> gross <laughs> yeah, that's it's like a cat. You have to potty train them, you know. So, yes. um, but yeah. All right. Well, um, so I think I mean I I got I went through my notes here. And um, do you guys have do you want anything else you want to talk about on this? I really liked it. Art's yeah. great. Very vibrant. Very colorful. Mm -hmm, fun definitely. book. Definitely um, recommend it. The, yeah, the cartoonist style of this is, is is great, and it's very, very warm and accepting. I like it, you know, just the book itself is very warm and accepting, and definitely the artwork is like that as well. Very cool. Okay, well, so I guess we'll uh, then move on. Consensus, we all liked it, the book. So uh, we're going to having uh, probably a quick uh, round table here it's actually a round table that's been postponed about three times because of a uh, certain Substack news <laughs> <laughs> thing that has been going on which definitely um was a little more you know pressing at the time so luckily well there hasn't been much information on that and we can actually get to talk about something we want to talk about this time hey. um, so so uh, darcy um you want to bring us into the round table Sure, why not? Um, so there was a thing that came up like a month ago, two months ago, five months ago. Who the hell even knows anymore? <laughs> um, for <laughs> it's actually in July, um, where uh, Sal from Comic Pop, if you guys are follow his um, uh, YouTube channel um, or his Twitter, uh, he posted this picture that, uh, from a comic book shop that had a thing on top of the, um, back issues bin that said, due to the nature of the speculators market, we reserve the right to check and reprice any and all back issues according to current going value. Um, and you know, like some people had different opinions of that. Some people did not. Uh, there was also a post like also during July, uh, from Josh Trujillo that said a childhood friend asked me for a comic I wrote and I said, sure. Then he asked me to get it slabbed and graded first. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I kind of thought it was hilariously sad. It's terrifying. like selling someone make it out to eBay, you know, like, <laughs> 
so like the around the same time i was buying a gift <laughs> for um for that child that's in my life now <laughs> um and you know like i went to excuse me <clears throat> I went to the, I, I'm constantly looking for, uh, I, I buy digitally, but a couple of, a couple of years ago, it feels like it now uh -huh. last, you know, no, it was actually a couple of years ago. Good Lord. Last time I went to a comic con in 2019, um, I was, I decided I would buy, um, winter soldier, uh, the Rod Reyes winter soldier, mm -hmm. um, in, actual physical issues because I loved that series uh I can find one three four and five you cannot find two hmm. you know why it's where RJ kind of debuts oh that that that's the Rod Race series that was a really good series it's that a great was, series yes. but um places it's hard to find issue two now because they pull it and like price it higher and uh, even like comic book shops if they get an issue they don't sell it like in their back issue bins uh they sell it on ebay at a higher price because mm -hmm. uh it's or they hold it places are hold it set people are holding it because it's the first appearance of this character um and it's a pain in the ass to me so brian and i are children of the 90s comics era we mm -hmm. read then uh we are you know like we are children of that era so we weren't like betting our comic or our college you know funds on comics at that time we weren't of that mindset at least i wasn't I wasn't either. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I wasn't that financially savvy or that financially <laughs> right. I wasn't making that kind of financial leap at that time. Um, not because I was smart, but because I wasn't thinking that way. Um, I, I would like to think I would have been that smart, but you know, uh -huh. Hey, but because, you know, I'm of that mindset now because I lived through that. Uh, I kind of look at the way some people uh, are looking at comics and do this kind of speculation that's happening um, this kind of like heavy-handed speculation I see of um, holding back issues of repricing they'll price something one way and change the price at the drop of a hat um, as being really I mean, literally manipulative, but like mm -hmm. emotionally manipulative, mm -hmm. annoying as hell. Uh, I go into a comic book shop and like everything is bagged and boarded. Like they're afraid you'll breathe on it. Um, and it's, it's, it's everything. It's not just like issues that look like they may be worth $5 trillion in the future. It's YA books because they're afraid children are going to get, you know, their grubby fingers on shit. <laughs> and where you go to like, again, Barnes and Noble, and these books are out there unbagged, unboarded, uh, and kids can look at them and maybe actually buy them. It, which goes back into all the conversations where, mm -hmm. you know, like where are kids going to go and actually buy a book, maybe where they can actually touch and look at a book. Mm -hmm. um, and I have problems with all of this, obviously. Uh, maybe comics should be for fucking reading. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's just my opinion. Brian, Carrie, go for it. 
Well, yeah, I mean, and like, and also to bring Carrie more into this conversation too, you know, just like think of anything, you know, like, like ver- the collector's market versus what you want. Well, you know? I mean, like, I didn't, okay, so my childhood extent of comics was getting the Barbie comics and the Disney movie adaptation comics from my local Circle K when I was like between the ages of seven and 10. Mm-hmm. Like, that's it. So when Superman dies, Spoiler alert, yep. there was a comic, I remember. <laughs> I'm sure. Okay, so my dad went out and bought like five copies of it. Because mm-hmm. he's like, Superman's, my my dad, who doesn't was know. trying to put you through college. Yeah. Jack shit about comics. Yeah. And he was like, he bought a ton of them. To, and I still have like bags and boarded. Yeah. Good for you. It's comics. The, the issue, the issue with the, um, the. It's black and the red. Flag. Yeah, the flag, uh, the, the Superman cape has a flag. Yeah. And it's and all so, tattered. Like, yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, you know, a little Mexican man, God bless him. But oh, like, no, he wasn't the only one, baby. It has no, been. That, that's, but I mean, yeah. But I mean, like, I don't understand why now. Okay. I, let me pull back. I do understand why people want their shit to be worth something that they can sell it for oodles of money more yes. than what they paid for on the secondhand market. Mm. I get it. I sell old clothes on Poshmark or things I never wore because I need to recoup some of that fucking cash I spent. Thanks, COVID. But <laughs> at the same time, things that are meant to be consumable, like books, should be like available for people. And how... Like that, I Brian showed me the picture of the thing that says we reserve the right to blah 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 blah. Yes. Fuck yeah. that guy. Fuck mm-hmm. him. Because that's you're in the business for the wrong reason if that's mm-hmm. your stance on it now. I I don't I understand times are tough. Owning your own business is hard. You need money, blah blah blah. But you're you're essentially screwing the people that will be able to buy from you mm-hmm. and you think then you are gonna not do well in your business because now these people cannot afford what you're yeah. selling like like, like in, in darcy's case like or like with the winter soldier there will be people out there like oh we want to pick up this series but i can't pick up issue two i'm not going to pick up the series yeah you, you know like i'm not going to pick up the cheaper books either because because i can't by the whole series you know so like i totally like i i don't i don't understand why i i mean i just so i don't get it i mean i i get i understand the concept i just i no, don't understand why people would do it i think it's you know everyone wants to treasure you know like that's why the show's like you know like that one you know like pawn stars or like uh that road show the oh the antique, the road, antique show. road show and so because because someone wants to to hit the jackpot with something that just random that they, you know that they, that they just happen to have. But, but the thing is, is the way publishing is nowadays, and the fact that everyone is aware of that. You know, like back in the, the reason why baseball cards and comic books were so of of like the fifties and sixties are so expensive yeah. now, is because people just tore them up, threw them yeah. away, yeah. threw them away, or they, they, their wallpaper. Yeah. yeah, the the baseball cards and the bicycle spokes. Exactly. You know? you know, and so you know, and like you know, like you know, like you know, Mike Trout is one of the greatest baseball players of all time, and he just became, you know, he's a recent player, and his card is never going to be 
as much money as like a Honus Wagner card or you know like a, a card of someone who you never really even think of as a baseball player you know like because because he, it's the modern think era of Honus Wagner as a baseball player yeah, I think of him as a baseball card, really, because that's all. <laughs> <a baseball> card. <laughs> yeah, because that's that's the only time you ever hear about him. You never hear about how he, how well he played. You only hear that's about really how expensive his card is. You know, but I guess that's true. Yeah. I don't. I want to know, and I think this speaks more to like consumerism and capitalism, mm -hmm. because I want to know when. Okay, I'm not gonna lie. I fucking love shopping. Yeah. I mean, it's it's bad. We're American I, who doesn't. Yeah, I, love shopping I but too. <laughs> I replace it as like I know I really should be in more therapy and less shopping. I know that would really help. I choose. I can't afford therapy. I can afford shopping. But like, I want to know when that switched for so many people. That like that idea of hitting it big like how parts. that's like a more realistic idea than it was maybe like 25 30 years ago or is it like it's always been this way it's just we hear about it more now because of like media and like social media and we're able to like kind of consume that news more easily and readily than we were like 30 years ago like i i feel like there's i feel like this stuff is more prevalent now than it was like back when i was a kid and i was except for the three years that I blocked out emotionally, I was pretty aware as a kid. So I'm no. just... Oh, sorry. No, 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 go ahead, go ahead. No, I think I think you're right. I think it's definitely more yeah. prevalent. I think it has to do with like the disposability of what we have. Exactly. Um, maybe not so much with comics because they want you to keep them. Um, but uh, like the disposability of clothes and stuff like that, they yeah. want you to okay. buy, 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 like fast fashion, stuff like that. Um, you mentioned uh, the Antiques Roadshow. Like one of the big things with Antiques Roadshow was like it was stuff you already had. Yep. that you're bringing it was like oh this is my grandma's whatever mm -hmm. you know like this is my great great aunt's vase etc cetera, etc cetera. like mm -hmm. now people like go out looking for that shit and I can't yes. say anything I bought a pen the other day but um you but, know like like once upon a time it's like you're bringing in stuff that like was left to you but like it's like almost like house flipping like people are going out and buying these houses on the cheap flipping them and selling them for a ton of shit that's mm -hmm. kind of what like the speculation market seems like to okay. me you're going yeah. out and buying this yeah. cheap shit and flipping it on ebay no i think that's uh, a great analogy and 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 it's it's we're making it kind of disposable it's like get it get rid of it get it get rid of it get it get rid of it but exactly. we're it, it's people talk about oh manga's doing so well you know and i i don't think it's so much about the stories mm -hmm. i think it's about where value is mm -hmm. and i think so many people don't value comics for the stories there's such a huge oh. speculation market in comics in western comics that just yeah. does not exist in manga that i can that i can see i don't see that in manga you know like they still make those manga books out of like newspaper, newspaper. paper yeah. mm -hmm. that shit is made to be thrown away it's because it's about the story you're right it's not about like the collectability of it yeah fuck you know? the collectability of exactly. it. exactly but i want to know when did comics become as a, like a societal, like we're aware, 
collectible? I think the 80s. 80s, and 90s? 90s. Because okay. 90s, that's actually what, what almost destroyed comic books was the speculative market. Was oh, they started printing millions of them. Yeah, that's oh. when you, you know, like when people would make jokes about the 90s when like the there's 17 new number ones that come out every other month and there's 100 covers and there was they like still a, do? there's a, yeah. Fo- yeah, they still do it. But back then it was even more prevalent and they had like the, the foil cover or the 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 lenticular cover and like you know like just a bunch of gimmicks that really meant nothing and so and then people and still people to this day like if there's a new number one comes out they buy every single cover not because they want every cover it's because they think they can make money off of having each cover Mm. and and so and so and unfortunately that perpetuates things i personally hate speculation like 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 that is that you know and like my my opinion about the whole thing is if you're going to buy something and not use it the way it's intended then don't buy it mm-hmm. as in like if you're gonna buy a 1.5 million dollar uh, mario 64 just to look at it you know like instead of playing the video game if you're gonna buy x-men number one the you know in not read it then don't leave it for somebody who wants it you know like to actually use it now I last year when I was buying art, I bought a graded comic. I bought Teen Titans, oh, um, Darwin Cook, and like yeah, I and I and it's in it's in the graded you know like the case you know and I didn't. But the thing is, is that I didn't buy it to resell it. I you bought it because it's Darwin Cook, and it's the cover. The cover is great, and if they made yeah. a poster of the cover, then I would have bought the poster. But they don't make a poster of it, so I bought the comic literally to hang on my wall because it's it's one of my favorite covers of all time it's the the teen titans are a rock band but but yeah. in that same vein yeah we got it right after darwin passed and so brian paid a shit ton of money more than he would have had I, liked to have paid for it i spent like 50 bucks yeah for a four dollar comic yeah you know so yeah <laughs> i know. mean covid made us do crazy retail yeah. therapy <laughs> yeah and like yeah i bought a bunch of amiibos but, <laughs> but once again i buy the amiibos because i like what they look like you know you like know not to resell them is that i i mean like for an, people resell amiibos they do oh yeah on the secondhand market it's not there's fire emblem amiibos for like a hundred dollars can you use them multiple times yes oh yes, yes, yes oh, you can. Okay. it's not like a special code or anything yeah you could use them okay. however many times but for me it's because there's not because nintendo sucks at getting merchandise out and that's really the best and they short ship that's like the best version of like nintendo merchandise i can display on my on yeah my and we have like a special yeah. cabinet for it and everything yeah, we're so. fucking nerds but like <laughs> Definitely. i i just i find if you if you want to gamble and try to make a fast buck play the fucking lotto yeah go play a penny machine go to a casino yeah, yeah. just you know what I, but you know what I mean like it's just one of those yeah. things where it's like yeah I don't I mean I go to thrift stores because again I have shopping issues I like secondhand things um my uh, one set of my family my grandparents um didn't have enough to hand down anything super special and the other side of my grandparents um all of that being kept by another family member because he has grief issues like we were talking about before um so as a 
grandchild, I didn't get to inherit a lot of cool things. Um, so, so mm -hmm. there's, I have like a weird affinity for older people, especially older women, um, again, because of childhood things. So it's one of these things where I go to a thrift store and I'm like, oh, it looks like a grandma had this. This looks like something in a grandma's house. And then I want it and I buy it because it makes me happy, but not because I think I'm going to go flip it. So like, I mean, I do enjoy stuff like that because again, I'm consuming it, but I don't understand yeah. people that are going to go like, look, go dumpster diving, you know, in L like West LA trying to find, you know, something fancy from somebody's house and then try to hawk it. I mean, I don't get that. Yeah, I just slandered my grandma and I would like to unslander my grandmother. <laughs> I got okay. her engagement ring. <laughs> Yeah. oh that's, that's lovely really, cool. really that's awesome yeah. that's so special somehow everybody passed over it <laughs> i don't know how that happened my mom got it for me <laughs> that's awesome well, that's awesome i am waiting it was like a replacement engagement ring it wasn't like Doesn't her first matter. one it wasn't the one she got engaged with it was like a replacement whatever it's a yeah. fucking quarter carat diamond yeah. <laughs> that's so cool that is really cool i am currently waiting for my dead aunt's um beautiful oak jewelry unit that she had um especially because i went with her on many occasions to go buy the jewelry she kept i would like that and i'm putting it into the universe because i would like it at some point so well cool. yeah but i mean you know just things like that i i i think speculation's strange i think it's a strange beast and like i said i understand trying to like flip something and make a buck because yeah, yeah. You know, like, everybody needs to make money, but I just think I, the comic thing is so bizarre. Yeah. And, and no, also, I, I, oh, sorry. Oh, no, no, go. Um, uh, well, okay. So just really quick, especially during COVID, when things are, you know, you, you smell like electronics and everything are, are kind of at a premium because the, the chip shortage and everything. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, like you, and then there was that one article about this, this 15 year old made $2.5 million during COVID by, by flipping like stuff on the, on the electronics market. It's like, well, fuck him. <laughs> you know, like, I, like, you know, like, oh, he's the problem. Oh, is that what happened with the switches? With the, and PS5s. Like, and like people, PS5s. Oh yeah, like PS5s people, yeah, PS5s had a big problem. Uh, yeah, yeah and, Teslas, and, all the cars. Yeah, and also yeah. the reason why we're not getting a a, a, a souped-up switch because yeah, it's it's not just the... chip shortages. It's also yeah. um they had a drought in Taiwan, which is causing problems uh, with their mm -hmm. you know with the getting their factories working as fast as they need to work. They had to ship in water. It was a huge problem. Oh, that's and awesome. I have, I've always have had a problem with making a profit off someone else's disadvantage. Yeah. And someone and it's, else's it's necessity. Gonna get worse know? again because all of the factories in Vietnam and in Taiwan again and in uh, South Korea, uh, I think in Singapore, they've got they got hit with the Delta virus recently. And uh, they just hadn't up. So their yeah. um, exports are gonna drop once again. So yeah, electronics mm -hmm. gonna My, get hit uh, over the winter. It's just like like gas. I mean, like no one likes to pay extra money for gas, and essentially you're doing the same thing. It's it's speculative. Like this is how much gas is worth right Except now. Except for because, China, yeah, hugely yeah. speculative. Yeah, and so and then it's yeah. So so you know, think of it. Think of the next time you want to spend four hundred dollars on a on a two hundred dollar item. Or because, all yeah. the assholes who decided to make bread during COVID 
and bought all the yeast and all that shit that you needed for yeah. a sourdough starter when when we actually needed certain things because there was like the market shortages at the beginning of COVID. Like the toilet paper. Like stuff. I could salt. not there was find, salt Yeah, I couldn't find it. And I was very upset when people were posting pictures of their homemade sourdough on Instagram. Yeah, I think um, to go back to comics, um, <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Um, there's an, uh, you know, making money on what you buy, flipping stuff. I, I get conceptually, yes, but doing it right off the bat at the retail level yeah. um, is very, very frustrating to me because why are you a shop in the first place? Mm-hmm. If, don't want to sell at retail prices don't be a retail shop exactly um if if you want to sell above retail prices be a resale store Mm -hmm. um uh having those back issue boxes i guess the back issue boxes aren't retail price obviously but not selling at your marked price is such a bullshit thing to do mm-hmm. it's so frustrating it's so disingenuous um i, I just and, and pulling things and not putting things out and this concept people have of pre-speculation and most importantly to me not letting people touch fucking books yeah it's their books how you're gonna want to read them and like like, like how you know because like the thing is to cover art doesn't really designate how it's gonna look inside and yeah. a lot of them aren't the same cover artist interior Absolutely artists not and even if there is sometimes they spend you know two weeks on on the cover and then they spend a day on the entire rest of the of the issue like even if it's yeah. the same artist you don't get yeah. different quality sometimes yeah and so it's like because of deadlines and everything but yeah um but yeah i mean I know I agree and the thing is too is that once again I'd rather have Marvel release 10 other books instead of having 10 different covers yes you know like of, of something you know I know it's I know it's, it's not an, yeah it's not the same thing but yes yeah you know and like you know but but effectively you know maybe those 10 covers could go towards three other books that they could put on the shelves you know or instead maybe of, they could instead of paying I cover artists get good money I know I was talking to Stephanie Hahn and she was uh uh, and she was you know talking about how much you know like money she made doing cover art and like how much I can't remember it must have been DC I I can't remember um I think it was I think she did a a big she did a lot of DC cover art yeah yeah she probably Um, makes more doing that than she did for even just doing die you know? exactly yeah. like i think this was before this had to have yeah. been before because this was at singapore in singapore and um you know like they make really good money doing cover art as opposed to interiors um like you know like on a page by page basis mm-hmm. and so like i get why you want to do that but mm-hmm. you know yeah. pay them more money for interiors exactly Down i to totally... five trillion covers mm-hmm. yeah because like peach momoko and like and ryan gonzalez are two good examples of that too where they basically just do covers and and like peach right now has the the x-men demon days series it's gorgeous i want her to do more interior work because it's so beautiful you know and same thing like i would love to like a weird lisa frank like colored ryan gonzalez like uh 
um are you know art inside a, inside a comic too not just on the on the cover you know so yeah be great but yeah if if they don't make it worth it for no. you know the pay why not just do a dozen covers instead over the course mm -hmm. of a year exactly. I, I mean i again i get why they do it but yeah. then you know like why am i gonna buy 20 billion covers and that's mm -hmm. why yeah i usually just use variant covers as wallpaper on my phone yeah <laughs> same yeah because those those make the best wallpapers um but yeah i and, and every once in a while you know there'll be an, one that comes out like the teen titans one where I want it to hang on my wall, but I'm not, I'm purposely not going, if it's going to be more money, I'm going to go the cheaper route and just pick up the regular issue. Now, if every, every, if every variant cover is the same amount of money and it's not speculative, then if I like a cover more, one cover, I'll obviously buy it. Like the, um, the recent DC pride uh, yeah. book uh, had the Jen Bartel, Harley and Ivy cover on it and like mm -hmm. that was the same price as the regular one i'm like i'm getting this <laughs> like, yeah. like not to resell it but because it's such a beautiful cover you know yeah so. now with indie books it's a little bit different i think i don't think people focus so much on reselling it, indie books in that way no. this is mainly something you see with marvel and dc uh but hey I think it's a problem for all comics. I think indie books will, I think indie books do hit the speculative market if there is a movie or TV show that's big oh. in the zeitgeist. Or if time. it's one of those creators. Yeah, exactly. One of those big creators. Because like there's a Lemire book coming out in September that mm -hmm. has- Brian's already crying. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, because Lemire equals sadness. Yeah. And, and like, I didn't even know it was a Lemire book and I read the description. I'm like, this sounds like a Lemire book. And I'm like, oh, it is. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I forgot the name of the title, but it has like 15 covers and it's an image book. And Why? it's like, yeah. Well, that's and, like the Descender had, and, oh, yeah. and so did Ascender. Like all of those had like 5 trillion covers. Even though the Ascender, the last issue variant cover by Jeff Lemire with the Descender number 50 on it, um, that was an awesome cover. <laughs> like anyone would want a cover that wasn't by Dustin Wynn. Yeah, yeah who who would? Why does anybody get a variant cover for anything when the Dustin. original Dustin win is perfect? Exactly. I don't know. People are it, stupid. It's, well, just like the Demon Days um, has variant covers for not Peach Momoko, and I'm like, uh, no, thank you. <laughs> you know, like, I'm I'm good. So yeah, I even bought Marvel manga cards because they were drawn by her. Makes <laughs> sense. God. Yeah, he bought those. Yeah. I was really annoyed. A Baderay bill. I, I got a Baderay bill drawn by Peach Momoko on it. There were card. a lot of fucking COVID purchases that we were both like, you bought this shit to each other when yes. we would open the packages. It was a rough ride last year. <laughs> hey, we kept the economy going in a way, I guess. Right? Bought an RV. <laughs> I need something. I, I bought a car. Yeah. Yeah, you I bought a, a used car. I bought a um a Fire Emblem Amiibo. <laughs> <laughs> that was like a hundred dollars. I bought a giant Galactus pop that I'm looking at right now that I know yeah. room for. <laughs> I'd be like, okay, so my dad's a collector. He collects antique Edison machine like uh, phonograph yeah. machines, and so he turned one of the extra bedrooms in our home into like his little museum my dad is also a woodworker and an electrician so 
he's fixed up his room the way he likes it and it's pretty awesome mm-hmm. well there's also to bring this kind of full circle there's also a huge speculation market for what he collects because he's in the age group that does most of the collecting and they have the most money to spend on this hobby so my dad like pays attention to little auctions he goes to little like conventions and blah 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 so he has a few machines that I guess are worth quite a bit of money and my mom was like sweet we need to do some work around the house let's sell them and my dad's like oh no 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 I buy them not to resell, but because I love them. And this is like something Mm -hmm. that I'm going to use like until I die. And which I find very interesting that it's, again, speculation on different things, but that there are people who just like to collect to collect. Yeah, that's that's how found pins are. Like there's a big um, segment of the community that are, you know, I'm going to spend significant amounts of money people you know because this is about class and I've got to spend eight hundred dollars a thousand dollars on every pin like there's that segment Uh, there's the I have to buy them for you know as super cheap and shitty as possible uh refurb and sell them the flipping people Mm -hmm. and then there's me there's the I buy cheap pins because I like using them people (laughs) (laughs) and so yeah fountain pin fountain pin groups are kind of like yeah Kind of, kind oh. of that same thing. Fountain oh. pens are a weird collector's item. Now, do you have anything that's like super old? Yeah, I've got cool. um, I've got a fountain uh, a dip pen that's from mm. the 18, late late eighteen hundreds. Oh, that's cool. Um, and that's then I've right. got a whole series of uh, lady shafers and a shafer touchdown that's from the nineteen fifties. Oh, cool. Um, so I've got a couple of those. I've got like five, five, six of those. Um got a, a sailor chalana that's from the 70s got a couple of 50s 60s 70s pens that's cool so i want to get into collecting arcade cabinets oh and i finally decided <laughs> to make the plunge to your carries excitement on this um, yeah i heard it yeah <laughs> and i finally decided to take the plunge and like try to find groups in southern california that sell them and he found a I found a one. group. It was great. But the first article on that group was like, why this is the worst time to get into buying arcade cabinets? <laughs> because of like, once again, because of electronics and everything. And it's like, and because also the TVs that most of them use are CRT TVs. And those are now becoming ultra rare. So right. it's like any kind of repair is a lot of money. And I'm like, oh, yeah, Brian, did a good job. You just yeah, got to kind of learn how to do that yourself. And plus yeah. getting the parts. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. so I, I really just want a Galaga machine, and hopefully it'll work because <laughs> that's, I think, I, I think that might state my want to be a collector of these things, you know. But <laughs> we'll see. As once Carrie is very, yeah. I just want to travel to different states to go thrift store shopping because no. everybody has different shit. We've got good ones here. I know. Mm-hmm. I okay. So I really, really, really want to go to Texas. I just really hate flying. We flying snow bueno take a train yes yes yes. did i ever tell you that i took a train when brian was living out there i took a 37 and a half hour train ride to houston from la got sick lady got sexually harassed behind me and we had to like fend off her asshole that was like going after her that's horrifying it was coach man it was rough yeah Yeah. i saw some shit that i'd from 
yeah, last train I took was from here to San Antonio, and it was fantastic. Oh, oh how long was that train ride? Like six, seven hours. Oh, that's, that's a beautiful train ride. That's, that's a nice time. length. It's just long enough to be like, oh, this is fun, but not too long to where you're like, I need to poop on the train or like I need to eat yeah. several times. Yeah. It's, a fi- it's a five hour train ride from here to San Diego. Yeah. And that's, that's a nice, nice coastal trip as well. So I really want to go that's there. That's pretty cool. Um, I want to go to Texas. No. Oh, yeah. Um, we um, we have a, a Bucky's mug in our bathroom as our toothbrush holder right now because I, I went to a Bucky's when I was out there and I absolutely loved it. He didn't buy me the tie dye Bucky's t shirt and I'm still so pissed about <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> I'll try to remember to get you one next time I go, which will be like you know months and months away, but it's a beaver. it's pretty far away from me, but yeah. oh, oh yeah, and if I remember uh, next time I go to one, I'll anywhere where I can buy fun souvenirs and barbecue it's, it's all right by me. i just you want know? to go <laughs> so, all right <laughs> well i think we've gone off the, yes. the rails a little bit here just a bit uh, any 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 kind of final thoughts you guys want to add or i found my comic what, my what is, bunny comic it oh. has nothing to do with world war ii okay it has bunnies and other animals there's fox uh, but it's wild's end first light and it takes place in like 1930 one of them's a uh war veteran uh and it's like sci-fi like um like lovecraftian apparently cool cool it's an adaption of like at the mountains of madness or some shit i don't know nice that one's weird that's a good story. I've, I've read it and it doesn't make any sense to me. I don't no. remember the shit at all. Anyway, it's all on <laughs> Comixology Unlimited. I don't remember any of it from the synopsis, but hey, it's got a bunny and it's a badass bunny. Bunny. Yep. And um, oh, it's Dan Abnett. I like Dan Abnett. That's yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. No, yeah. That looks really cool. No, yeah. And I, I literally Googled Rabbit World War II and guess what movie came up? <laughs> Jojo Watership Rabbit. Down. Oh, Jojo <laughs> Rabbit. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so that's all that's all that came up was uh Taika Waititi as Hitler. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> this is not what we're looking for. It's a great movie, but this is not what we're looking for. So um, I Googled uh Rabbit comic world war ii and i got something really old from world war ii about rabbits and i was yeah, like That's there was a, a few um looney tune like the bugs bunny versus you know the nazis and stuff like that too that came up oh, i got peter that? peter rabbit and super rabbit Ooh, oh yes i remember there was something significant about super rabbit too i i'm trying to remember what it was there's something very historically significant about super rabbit but i can't remember what it is it's so it's really racist yeah, I, but there, there is some kind of historical significance to that. And I can't remember what it is. Really? It, probably, it probably has to do with racism. <laughs> but yeah, um, so that's why I forgot. Okay, well, okay. So um, before I get to our last part here, do you guys have any other things you just want to talk about, add, or before we get to the ending here? No, I want to go thrift store shopping now. That's all that speculation talk got mm-hmm. me. Cool. I, want, I want a PS5 eventually <laughs> we'll see if that happens okay um all right so you guys were supposed to vamp a little bit so i can get to my 
my script here. Oh. <laughs> I'm just starting. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm here now. I, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we've, we've reached the end of our show. Thank you to everyone listening to our show. Email us any questions or comments at commentsisarebetter at gmail.com, Instagram and Twitter, cdbpod, uh, website, commentsisarebetter.wordpress.com, which now that I'm feeling better, I'm going to actually revamp very, very soon. I know I keep saying that and words don't mean anything. I'm actually going to do it though. And But don't forget to follow, rate, and tell a friend about our podcast and Darcy where can we find you I am at books underscore serial on twitter books and serial.wordpress.com and I have been retweeting uh the visible women hashtag uh so you know cool women doing cool art stuff so that's what's going on with me right now awesome that sounds really cool well I yeah I'm not doing anything online right now (laughs) <laughs> but I'm my 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 uh, Twitter is Raijin two eight one four underscore uh, and then Instagram is Raijin underscore CB. Uh, if you want to get a hold of Carrie, you can get a hold through her, through that as well or through the website. And so for Darcy and Carrie, I'm Brian, and this has been the Comics Are Better podcast. And remember, oh. as always, comics are better, and everyone deserves comics even if they cost a lot of money because they're speculative. (laughs) (laughs) Those damn speculators. All right. Have a good night. Good night. Bye, Bye. everyone. Sorry. Okay. I'll just edit this part out. <laughs> All right. Ready? Okay. Awesome. Hello, everyone. And, whoa.